Hi, it's Mackenzie, and this is the Mill Spouse Brief. Happy Monday. I hope you guys are doing well. I feel like it's been forever since I've recorded an episode, which has only been two weeks because I didn't do one last week. I just really wanted to enjoy Thanksgiving and the break, and I had a lot going on. So here is kind of an update on what's going on. The next two weeks, I do have an internship down in San Diego, which I'm really excited for. I will be working with current PAOs, which is a public affair officer, which is what my job will be when I do join the Navy. So I was able to get in contact with some of them, and I'm going to go shadow and just kind of see what it's like, kind of day-to-day activities and all that kind of stuff. So I've been really excited for that, and I hope that these next two weeks go well in preparation for this internship. I've been reading some briefs that kind of cover everything that the a PAO does and just everything with the Navy and there's a joint um, affair like public relations brief that I read. One's 160 pages and one's 180. So that's what I spent the last week and a half doing because they are thick. But I've learned a lot and it was really great to read it. I was talking with the lieutenant that I'm going to be shadowing and he talked about that kind of one of my biggest struggles is going to be like taking the Navy mindset because I have a degree in public relations and I'm familiar with those kinds of things that applying that to the job will be easy but viewing it from the Navy's perspective instead of just like a company's perspective um, is something that I'm gonna have to get used to and kind of like change my mindset. So I'm grateful that I was able to read those briefs and kind of understand what goes into it. I feel like one of the biggest differences is with a lot of PR with companies, you're kind of just worrying about the company's image and how the public views it. But with the Navy and specifically like the military, you worry about so much more. So you worry about how the Navy is viewed by the public, but you also have to make a lot of decisions regarding like the safety of the sailors and civilians and the country as a whole. And so the Navy affects so much more than just kind of like a company affecting the public. And so changing kind of your mindset of how you do crisis communication and how the different media releases have to go and kind of like how big of a part the media does play and like how they view the Navy. So it's been a lot of learning and I'm grateful for that opportunity just because it is the thing I'm going to have to like shift and just reading all about like OPSEC, which we've talked about on the podcast, which is operation security. And just like, I view it as like, hey, don't tell people where your husband's deployed, but it's so much more when it comes to media releases and talking to the media and posting pictures and talking to commands and, you know, just different things like that. So it's been really great to read and learn about, but it has taken up a lot of my time. Thanksgiving was great. It was a wonderful break. I'm excited to kind of get back into the swing of things, but it definitely was necessary and needed. We hung out with some friends, and then it was pretty much just Kate and I throughout um, the weekend. So I'm grateful for that. I have some exciting news. I haven't posted about it, so if you're listening to the podcast, you are some of the first people to know about it. Um, But we got a house, so it's kind of a crazy story. We practically almost kind of gave up we were kind of like listen we keep putting in offers we're not getting any of them we keep looking at houses we don't like them and so we told ourselves like hey we'll give it a couple more weeks but come like Christmas time we're gonna be done and Thursday or no it was like last week we were supposed to go see a bunch of houses and they all fell through like every single one that we were supposed to see like had gotten offers and we're like oh okay 
and then this house had popped up and if you're listening and you've bought a house you can probably relate to it but if you haven't um I feel like one of the biggest things that I learned being like a first time home buyer was that your kind of like list of what you want so like your must-haves or like the things that your wish list I feel like ours changed so much so it'd be like we need this but then it was like oh well we could like sacrifice this if we got this you know so I feel like what we started with wanting versus what we got was a little different. Not that it's bad that it was different. It was just different in kind of what you end up compromising on. So we really wanted three bedrooms. But I feel like one of the problems we were running into with kind of the three bedroom scenario is that they would take like a 900 foot square house and make three bedrooms out of it. So the bedrooms were tiny just to kind of say you had three bedrooms. And so it's kind of like, well, do we want to sacrifice that much space just to say like, yeah, we have three bedrooms. So the house we got is two bedrooms, but the bedrooms are a pretty decent size. Specifically, the master is, it's huge. And so I'm like, if it's just going to be us and whoever comes in like visits us, you know, like we don't have kids right now, it's kind of fine to have the two bedrooms. Um, it has three bathrooms, which is a really nice change because right now we're going from one to three. Each bedroom has a bathroom and then there's a bathroom downstairs, um, on the like kitchen living room floor, which will be kind of a game changer, which I'm really excited about. So that will be good. And I feel like overall it will help us. It has some, some really nice upgrades. It has hardwood floors stainless steel granite countertops a two-car garage so we got like a townhome and the cool thing about it is it's a three-story with the garage on the bottom and then you kind of have like your living room kitchen on the second floor and then your bedrooms on the third floor which gives you kind of a nice pretty view out of your bedroom and it has like the shutters inside which like I didn't know that they were like so expensive but the way we were talking about like how much money it took to like put them on all the windows. So they like open up, but then they're like the wooden ones that you're able to like pull with the rod in the middle. I don't know if that's like a good explanation or not. But they're really pretty and quite expensive. So I'm like, well, that's really nice that we don't have to pay for that. I don't know if I said it was already hardwood. So the one big draw was that there was, had to be zero upgrades for us. So we can just live in it. We don't have to put money into it because we ended up going towards the top of our price range for it. But I'm really excited to have it. Um, one of the biggest pushes to have or to get a house was that now with me leaving in April, we're kind of in this limbo of Cade's contract will possibly or will end possibly while I'm at training. It kind of depends on which route I take. And so he'd kind of not have a house. And then it's like, well, we have orders already to know where we're going. I don't really want him to like move by himself. And so the benefit of having this place off base will be that Cade can stay in it as long as he needs until we get situated to where my next orders are and I don't have to feel like he's in this limbo. You know, he'll get out, he'll be able to stay there till whenever and if we get stationed in California, great. If not, we're going to use it as like an investment property and have people uh, rent it out from us. And then another nice thing that we didn't have to kind of compromise on is location. The first house that we saw that we really liked is up, um, it's in Oceanside, but it's a little bit more east, and it's called the SLR, so the San Luis Rey Gate. So there's, I think, like four or five different gates on Pendleton. So you have, like, the main side, which is where we live, and then old main side is where the SLR gate is. And so the first house we saw is just across the street, and we really like that location because it's right next to the gate. 
and Katie's commute wouldn't be compromised. We thought about looking farther out in like Temecula, Fallbrook, Marietta, but then his commute was going to be like an hour plus every day, both ways. So it'd be like two hours, if not more, depending on traffic. And we just really didn't feel comfortable with that. And so being able to get this house, and it's kind of funny, our realtor actually lived in this exact complex. It's a gated community, which was another big thing that we really wanted leaving base. We still wanted that security. So we are grateful that it's a gated community because I feel like that's a little bit more safe. And so we are really grateful. It's kind of crazy. We saw it on a Friday and we really liked it. Saturday morning, we put an offer in and by like 6 p.m., if that, they called back and were like, yep, it's yours. And we were like, what? Just because every other house we put an offer or even tried to like want to see, they either sold or it took like a week and then it was like back and forth and all this kind of stuff. Another thing that I felt like really kind of solidified that it was a good decision and I felt really at peace with it was we put in under their asking price, which I feel like right now is so uncommon. Everyone's putting like so much money over, but we were able to put under what they wanted and they still took it. We have a 21 day close, which is even crazier, um, but it'll be great because they wanted to be out by Christmas and December mortgage is paid by them and our December mortgage is paid like in our base housing, I guess it's not a mortgage, but like our rent. And so we'll have that overlap to be able to move out of the base housing into the new house but then have an overlap where we're still able to like clean, enjoy Christmas, go to Denver and not be like stressed. So I am excited that it kind of happened and I'm just grateful that it did happen the way it did because we really were kind of coming to this point where I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen or like were we even smart in thinking that this is a good idea. So I am grateful that it happened and I'm really excited to own a house and see where it goes. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking all about homecomings and deployments and the adjustment period after a homecoming. I feel like it's something that's glamorized and not talked about enough, but it's a really hard part in service members and like military families, like what they go through. And so I figured we'd talk about it. I put a Q&A on the Instagram, and so I got a couple questions that I'm going to answer. And I'm also going to share Kate's perspective and kind of maybe how the service member feels in certain kind of points in that. And so without further ado, here is the next episode. Okay, so it's been a year since Cade got home, and I feel like November, like, the fall is a really big period of time when people, de- like, come home from deployment. I feel like the spring, they're gone during the summer, and then they're back in the fall is a very common time frame of deployments. And so I figured this was a good time to kind of do this post, and with Cade's one year, made me think about it. And so we're going to talk all about it. So... The things I kind of want to cover is like the adjustment period, how homecomings are glamorized, and kind of the problems and different things that people go through. So kind of to first start off by like the different deployments, there's about three that normal military will go on. Kind of your combat, which is currently has been like in the Middle East. I guess it's changing more to like China, the Philippines, kind of like the... Pacific Ocean area 
a UDP, which is a unit deployment program, which is kind of like, hey, you're going to go over to Japan for six months and then you're going to come back, which are really common in a lot of units. And then a MU, which is a marine expeditionary unit, and that is on a Navy ship, like a carrier. We learned about those in my most recent like prep course for OCS and so I was like oh it'd be so fun to like get stationed on one and like be with marines you know just because like Cade's one like that's a soft spot in my heart and Cade was like no I don't want you with infantry I do not want you on one of those ships and I was like okay sorry hard pass never mind but I just thought it was funny so I feel like some of the problems when you come home is that I feel like the biggest one is first that homecomings are glamorized I feel like when the videos go viral, that's all people think about and think it's going to be specifically civilians. I feel like they think that homecomings are great, which they are. I don't want it to sound like coming home and like having your family reunited isn't great. I just feel like only the good is talked about and the bad slash the hard is never discussed or no one ever sees that part, which I feel like can be hard. And so I just wish people would realize kind of like how much of a roller coaster of emotions it is and kind of the waves of having to go through that because kind of once the dust settles in their home, you have this whole adjustment period that's not talked about and I feel like it's really hard. Before I go into the adjustment period, I kind of want to talk about, I got a question and one of them says, how to help when a friend's husband is deployed? And kind of this is just my advice and some things I've talked to other people about. Um, so the biggest three things I feel like are to ask how she's doing to like kind of have a weekly or every couple days or every month like check in like, hey, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Just asking how she's doing and kind of being aware of like her mental, emotional, you know, physical state. I feel like the next thing is to kind of create outings activities. I feel like that is the hardest thing when your service member is gone, is to like go out and do things. Not that you need someone to do something with, but a lot of times it's hard to like do things alone or maybe it's like a couple thing or, you know, things like that. So I feel like asking and creating different activities and outings to do will really help the service member. I feel like that was what helped me so much when Cade was deployed was to stay busy. But sometimes it's hard to be busy by yourself, which kind of leads to my next thing, which is I feel like the hardest things when it comes to like having someone deployed is big events or the small things. And for me, the big events were kind of hard, but I was able to fill it with other people so I didn't feel so alone. So like when I had weddings to go to, I just brought a friend as a date since Cade wasn't able to be there because I feel like those events are when it is hard to not have your significant other there. But for me, it was like the hard things or the hard thing, excuse me, were the small things. It was like making dinner by yourself every night or like watching TV every night by yourself. And so my advice would be if you can and if you are there within close enough proximity is to like have them over for dinner and watch TV, like just small things that you kind of take for granted while they're gone that kind of get dull and boring and lonely when you're doing every single night by yourself. So that would be my advice if you do have a friend's husband deployed um, or spouse or excuse me or wife you know if their spouse is deployed this is kind of like the best way to help them so going into my next question that I was asked was how to deal with time change during deployment and I think it kind of depends on where your significant other and the service member is deployed to but something that really helped us was to have set times and kind of like a schedule that we were going to talk on because 
of the time change and it was pretty much like when I woke up he was going to bed and when he woke was going to bed I woke up and so it was kind of hard and so what we did was we just set times and then we kind of knew like during our days hey at this time is when we're going to talk and not to say that it didn't change or if something came up we would kind of work around it but to have somewhat of a set schedule allowed us to know like in our day planning wise like okay when Cade wakes up and he's getting ready he's going to call me and it was normally like when I woke up I called him and that's kind of like how it it went now if something happened or if I had like somewhere to go or if I had a work meeting or things like that then I would just text him and be like hey I can't talk this morning or hey call me during your lunch or you know things like that but having those set times kind of had us be able to plan the rest of our day around being able to just communicate a little bit I think another thing with dealing with the time change is to keep it short you know unless you have something like major to talk about the conversations don't need to be that long I feel like sometimes when they drag on is when you're like well now we're not talking about anything and now I'm annoyed or now I'm agitated you know so we would keep it just short and sweet how was your day how did you sleep anything new this is what happened all right I miss you I love you bye you know they don't have to be long conversations unless you kind of get talking on something and I think short and sweet helps keep it kind of like a good atmosphere and focusing on the positives. I think the biggest thing when it comes to the time change is there's going to have to be compromise. Someone's going to either have to stay up a little bit later or wake up a little bit earlier. You're going to have to adjust when you go to the gym or when you eat lunch or when you eat dinner. I just think it's important to realize and remember that compromise is necessary during deployments and in those situations. So kind of talking about the homecoming and the adjustment period. Cade said that one of the biggest things that he thinks everyone should kind of talk about before the service member comes home is kind of your expectations with the homecoming. And that was another big question I got was how to handle expectations. So I think what's just really important is to state what you want and what your idea of it is and then have the other person do the same and be transparent and then you're going to compromise. So for example, Cade was very adamant that he did not want a banner, he did not want a photographer, he didn't want anything kind of in that realm. He wanted to come home, get his stuff, and then drive home. He did not want to stay around or deal with anything. And I would probably be the opposite. You know, like if it was totally up to me, I would want a banner and a photographer and all that kind of stuff. But I had to realize that he was the one coming home and after traveling for 36 plus hours, I didn't want to like make him more agitated. So I just had to respect that he did not want that. So what I just did was I just set up a video on my phone and just recorded like our first hug. And so I think it's really important to kind of talk about what they want. We also don't have kids. A lot of people I've talked to have said that kids kind of make it different in wanting to have the photographer there. And then I know other couples that the service member or like the dude was totally fine with having photos and a photographer and things like that. I did tell Cade that um, with me now getting into the Navy that if I do deploy that he better get a photographer when I come home and he just laughed and he said, okay, that's fine because I won't be the one traveling home. Um, so I just think it's really important to like state kind of what your expectations are. Depending on what time they come home, like, are they just going to want to come home right away? Are they going to want to go to a lunch? Is your family in town to welcome them? You know, like, all those things I feel like are better to be discussed and somewhat figured out versus 
going with the flow in certain situations because I feel like that is when the hard feelings happen or the miscommunication or you guys have different expectations and then someone's expectations aren't met. So I feel like that's another thing that's really important to kind of talk about because homecomings are such a high of emotion and you want it to go well. And so in my mind, being able to have it go the best is through communication. Another thing I think that is important to talk about is the adjustment period and having your service member come home. I feel like some of the things that make it really hard or cause the adjustment period to be kind of difficult is one, dealing with household responsibilities again. It's fallen on one person for the last six, nine, 12 months, and now all of a sudden you're coming home. So it's like, okay, are you going to go take out the trash? I think it kind of depends on the person. I've seen both sides happen. I've whole, I've seen the service member come home and want to do a lot and that messes up the other person's schedule because they are used to having a specific routine. Or I've seen the other way where it's like they've been doing everything so the service member doesn't really know how to help so they end up not doing anything. So for me and Kate, I felt like what we just did was we talked about, hey, these are kind of what I want to take on and this is what I want you to take on and this is what you want to take on and kind of divvy it up based on jobs and schedules and things like that and then we both felt like okay we're both contributing not one person's doing everything but it's equally balanced and we kind of know I feel like communication is the biggest thing that's hard when it comes home like when coming home um from a deployment and communicating everything I feel like you have to instead of just being like oh yeah he'll take out the trash you have to like communicate if he's going to take out the trash just because he hasn't been home or hey, what are, like, what's the schedule with the kids, or, you know, things like that. Sadly, I feel like, I read a study, and I can't remember where I read it, but it said, like, 25% of couples um, separate or divorce after the first year after coming home from a deployment, just because that adjustment period is so hard, and I don't want that to scare anybody. I don't want them, anyone to feel like that's gonna, like, happen to them. I feel like it's just a reality that should be faced in the fact that homecomings and deployments are hard but the adjustment period I feel like is so much harder um just because I feel like it also is like I said a wave of emotion you know they're home and then all of a sudden you're like wow I have another person living in this house and I have like another person's schedule to deal with and another mouth to feed and you know things like that depending on how you feel about like alone time you either now have none or you're so happy that you have none that was something that Kate and I um had to work through and deal with and it was kind of interesting because leading up to him coming home I was like I'm really nervous to like not have any alone time and then I was the one that was like let's hang out all the time and Kate was like no I need alone time and so another one of his suggestions was balancing that time you go from like having all the time in the world and a little bit no responsibility as a service member while you're deployed to coming home and having um a significant other and possibly children or animals to take care of and now you have a job that you might not work the same hours that you did on the deployment and so there's just a lot more to worry about and think about and so Cade said that his biggest and kind of hardest thing to deal with was the time balance the last thing that he said to really pay attention to is the time change he said that the first like three to four days was so bad luckily I was out of town at a wedding my best friend was getting married and so it kind of worked out great 
I came home, I saw him, and then I got on a plane the next day, and he was able to adjust for the next three days and sleep at really weird times and do all those kinds of things. And so he just said to kind of have grace and be understanding that the time change is really hard on the service member and adjusting to that can be hard. And so I feel like that's when it kind of goes back into the expectations and stating what you want. If they might be tired, don't plan like a dinner or maybe plan a dinner like a couple days later. Like you just don't know how they're going to feel. And so I feel like that is something when you have to kind of pay attention that like, they haven't showered, they probably haven't slept well, they haven't probably ate like a full good meal in a long time. So if they're fine to like come home and shower and go to lunch, that's great, but talk about it because you might not know like how they're feeling. I think kind of with that is maybe be prepared for it to change. Um, I think like when you're planning something, you're going to be like, yeah, I'd love to do that. And then like when push comes to shove, you come home and you're like, actually, I'm exhausted and I don't want to talk to people. So I do think that's another thing is just to not have anything set in stone too far for those first like 24 hours, just because you never know how they're going to feel. I think another thing that's really big and that can cause a lot of issues is coming home and dealing with like money again and how everything works. Um... I feel like people have had very different experiences. I feel like some people have said that they saved a lot of money and deployments were allowing them to like make money. And then I feel like other people said that deployments were really hard on their bank account because you weren't getting X amount of money or you were having to like feed double mouse and like double meals, you know, and things like that. So I do think it's really important to figure out and kind of adjust properly and communicate on like, okay, this is what now the budget looks like. And now that you're home, this is what the budget looks like. So I feel like that's another thing to like really talk about and think about. And I just feel like civilians, like I feel like my biggest wish for like civilians would to realize that like the homecoming period is great and having your service member back and having them in the house and with your kids and animals again or even just like yourself if you don't have kids and animals is like a great feeling but the next like week or even just like month is really hard and so I would say that if you are a civilian listening to this or you have a friend that just had a significant other come home like check in on them See how they're doing because that period can be really hard and you want to make sure that they feel like they have that support and they have a listening ear to talk to. Um, I feel like this kind of goes with everything in life, but don't compare your situation. I feel like sometimes it can be hard to be like, well, they came home and they adjusted like perfectly and it was so easy for them and we're struggling so hard to like adjust, but they came home at the same time. Like, why are we having so much a harder time or why are they having it so much easier? And so I do think it's interesting and I think it's important to realize that every relationship is different and every relationship is going to be different and that's okay. So don't judge if it takes you a little bit longer to get in that adjustment period or if you have a couple more fights, you know. I feel like it's normal for it to be hard and I think it's just important to realize that it won't last forever and it's going to like end up being okay. So that's what I always just tell people when they are struggling with that adjustment period is to go on a walk, call a friend And then make sure that you communicate your expectations and like what's important. I do think sometimes it can be hard to know how to handle it or it's kind of a little bit 
Um, it can cause some anxiety thinking about what is going to happen or how the period is going to be. And so I feel like just communicating your expectations and saying like, hey, this is what I want when you get home or this is what I don't want to happen or this is what's important to me. I felt like I was really able to see a big difference in Cade's adjustment period when we were able to talk about those things. And trust me, we were not perfect. We had our fair share of fights and arguments and annoyances and trying to adjust back to it. Um, so I do think it's important to just remember that the period might be hard, but it's going to be okay in the, in the long run. And to call on a friend. My last advice is just to realize that this too shall pass. Like anything that you're going through that's really hard or that period of adjustment that can be tough, that it's going to be okay and it's going to kind of all shake out. And I feel like my last advice would just be to keep pushing. Um, that statistic is out there. People do get divorced after the adjustment period and it can be hard. But truly, if you just keep pushing, it will it will get better. So don't give up and realize that everyone else goes through it too. You're not alone if you're annoyed or frustrated or having a hard day after deployment. And I also told myself that every time I got frustrated and annoyed that there were so many days that I just wished that we were together and he was back home. And so I needed to like channel that energy and those thoughts when I was frustrated. I wish you guys a wonderful week. I hope you get started on a wonderful December and that you're able to accomplish the rest of your goals for this year. I cannot believe that this year is almost done. I feel like it was probably one of the fastest years of my entire life. And last but not least, I know I've talked about it, but if you do want a planner, the planning party is going to be the third week of December with Katie and Holy You Fitness, and we're going to have it at our house. Um, so please message me if you want a planner and you want to come to that. I'm really excited um, to set some goals and really make 2022 a great year. I'm grateful for all my listeners and everything that you guys do for me. Reach out if you have a specific topic that you want to cover. And I will catch you guys next Monday.